You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Well, welcome. Um, I wanted to just quickly introduce myself, and this is the lovely Janine Davis, and we're both going to be uh, co-doing the class today. And uh, we're excited to be able to talk about volunteer opportunities for singles and uh, ways to get involved in catalyst change locally and internationally. So we'll go ahead and uh, dive in. My name is Joe Klaus, um, for those of you who don't know me, and uh, I have the privilege of working for Hope Worldwide full-time, as well as Janine, and uh, we're excited. Uh, we believe in this mission, we believe in this, this ministry of Jesus, and we're excited to be able to share with you guys this morning. But just a little bit, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a really brief overview of Hope, kind of an update of Hope Worldwide. I think a lot's changed in the last few years. Um, as you know, we have almost a complete turnover of staff. We've moved from Philadelphia out to, uh, or Pennsylvania out to um, San Diego, so we're right here. Uh, so that's been incredible. Robert's the new CEO. We've got a completely new um, C team, so all the, the top guys, as well as, you know, all the way down to, to where I'm at. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's, it's really exciting. Um, but I want to just kind of share a little bit about the organization then um, we're, I'm going to do a little bit of a, a quick devotional. just want to share with you guys a little bit, a couple of scriptures that really resonate with me when it comes to talking about service and, and Jesus' ministry. And then I'm going to invite Janine up, and she's going to share, just speak to the experience of a, a volunteer core, a singles core. And then we're going to share some of, just highlight a few of the upcoming opportunities. And I see that you guys have some of these in your hands. These are all of the ones for 2018 that are coming up for Singles Corps and Volunteers Corps. So we'll come back to this in a minute. And I also have one more um, invite that I want to speak to. So remind me, if I don't do this, to talk about this Connect uh, that's coming up in May. So, uh, yeah, and then we'll, uh, we'll close out with a time of uh, Q&A. All right, so I think that would be really valuable just to be able to field your guys' questions and hopefully have some answers for you guys, and it'll be great. All right, so we're going to dive in. Uh, let's just say a quick word of prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll get started. All right, grab your hand. Awesome. Heavenly Father, we come before you uh, just humbled, uh, just grateful and uh, thankful for a relationship with you, for the relationships we have with each other, and uh, for your scripture, Lord, and for Jesus' life and his example. Thank you for the ways that you've saved each and every one of us. You've, you've, you've taken us out of the pits that we were in, and you've given us hope. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity just to, uh, to talk about uh, your ministry, God, to talk about Jesus' life, to talk about how we can be a catalyst um, wherever we're at in our, in our local um, geographic areas as well as internationally, the ways that we can make an impact. We're so thankful, God, for the opportunities you've given us, and we pray that you're with us right now in this room. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So Hope Worldwide, our mission, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but um, it is, it, we're an international charity, and uh, really what we're about is changing lives through our volunteers. And our staff. And we, what we do is try to harness and mobilize our volunteers' compassion and dedication to create impact, sustainable impact, um, for, and services for the poor and needy. So I just kind of did an uh, abbreviated version of that. But then um, our, our vision goal, and this is something that's new, but we're really excited. People ask, like, what's Hope's greatest asset? Like, what do you guys do? And for, for me coming on board, and I really believe I've been with Hope for a year now and had an opportunity to get my master's in nonprofit leadership to be able to come into hope and add value. And um, we are looking, our greatest asset are you guys, our, our people. You are hope. Yes. 
And when we get a chance to move, I mean, and that's the cool thing. We have the best volunteers because we're disciples and we love God and we love people and we go anywhere and we're on the ground and we make a huge impact. And I think that's our greatest asset. And I want to encourage you guys, like we're hope we get a chance to, to make an impact locally, internationally. And that's our greatest asset as hope is that we guys have you, we have all of you to harness your hearts, your compassion, your love to make impact around the world. And uh, this vision, this vision goal is we're excited about mobilizing a million volunteers. So that number's big, right? We don't have a million disciples around the world. So that means we're reaching out to our friends, our families, you know, our coworkers to, to help mobilize and bring them in. It's kind of what Robert was talking about, how our society's changing a lot. You know, people don't care as much about what your doctrine is. They care about, hey, what are you doing? How are you making an impact? And they want to be a part of it. And I think that's this is where we could be a, a great bridge um, and an ally to the churches in that way, uh, which is exciting. So that's, that's our, our goal coming forward. Uh, 60 plus nations and growing. Um, we're in 110 U.S. cities and growing. And every year, this is on the, the low side, but 1.5 million people are impacted and reached the poor, the poor and needy around the world that we get a chance to serve. And uh, we have recognition of partnership with the United Nations. Um, they, they look at us, they come and, and we have a consult, um, I'm going to blow the word consultative, consultative status. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're there. We're in the table. We're in the room. We're in the dialogue. And, um, that's, what's important. And, uh, it's my wife always jokes with me all the time. She's like, you always mess up words. You make up words all the time. I'm like, I'm trying. All right. Um, but we're, we're, we're recognized internationally, globally as a, a, a huge partner and an ally and someone that they're like, hey, you guys are doing something awesome and you're doing right and we need to have you in these conversations moving forward. So that's incredible. I just want to highlight that. Um, people have been asking us, so with all the changes, where are you focusing on? Mobilizing volunteers, disaster relief, and replicable programs. So these, this is how we're boiling things down. We're boiling them down to, okay, the, we, we do a lot. Hope does a lot. The church does a lot, right? We as people do a lot. But what we're going to be doing and focusing on moving forward are these three kind of buckets, if you may, of service and opportunities. And there's a lot there. I talk about replicable programs. We're talking about the early childhood development that's going on in South Africa. How can we replicate those programs that are making huge impacts, completely lifting people out of the poverty cycle and replicate that around the world? English has a second language. You teach someone English, and you totally change the trajectory of their life. Being able to, to implement those around the world in our local cities as well as internationally is going to be huge. So we're focusing on investing in these programs that we can. And the cool thing is, is all those programs are huge volunteer opportunities. We need the teachers. We need the people on ground with these people around the world helping make an impact. So that's just a question I get a lot, and, and a lot of people were curious about. This is what we're going to be doing moving forward. Um, next slide is the Devo. Here we go. So open your Bible or just take a look at the screen. First Peter 2, 21. Um, I just wanted to share, I think this is one of my personal uh, favorite scriptures. It's one of those navigating scriptures for me. So it's the what would Jesus do type scripture, right? So here's, here's, here's the scripture, First Peter 2, 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. All right? This is one of those passages where I, I think it, it, it means a lot of things. 
right? And so what would Jesus do? It's how, how do I follow in Jesus' steps today? What does that look like for me? And I want to just, I'm actually, rather than saying it in my own words, I want to actually read an excerpt from this book, and I would highly recommend it if you haven't read it, get your hands on it. Steve Kennard, Jesus and the Poor. This book is incredible. It's a Bible study on Jesus' relationship with the poor. And what should our relationship look like? And I'm just going to read a quick excerpt on this passage here. He says, um, Yet I realize that you don't have to be in the Holy Land to walk in the steps of Jesus. I realize that I get to walk in his steps every single day. Every time I decide to be moved by compassion to help those who are hurting, I'm walking in Jesus' steps. So where do Jesus' steps lead? They lead many places. They lead to a lost world that needs saving. They lead to the young or weak Christians that need discipling. They lead to families that need strengthening. But there is one place where the steps of Jesus always lead to the poor. Jesus stepped forward, he stepped toward, and he stepped up to meet the needs of the poor. He stepped towards the sick and hungry, the naked, those in prison, those dispossessed, the blind, the deaf, the demonized, the leper, the alien, the stranger, and the immigrant. Jesus stepped towards the poor because he had a compassionate heart. And I just wanted to share that with you guys because that's something I've been more and more convicted by. In my, I've been a disciple for 10 plus years. I grew up in the church, and uh, I can't say that I've ever been poor. I can't say that I can relate to a lot of what these people are going through every day that are just looking for food to survive that day. And yet, I know that with this calling, I could still practice Jesus' ministry every day and think about how I can step towards the poor, how I can help somebody locally, internationally. And I, I just love this passage. I think for us, it's... it's um. It's a mistake, I think, for, for me that I realized that I, I was looking at kind of the ministry really focused on the teaching and preaching. And I was missing a huge part of Jesus' ministry in my life. And if you look at it as kind of like a triangle, and I want to share this passage too. This is uh, Matthew four twenty three. You can write it down. But basically, this is Jesus saying, I went through Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news, and healing every disease and sickness among people. So what we got right there? is teaching, preaching, healing. And for me, I had the teaching down, I had the preaching down, but I was missing a lot of what did it mean to heal. And and healing isn't just the external, hey, I'm going to meet your need and you're sick or you're suffering, but it's it's the holistic healing that involves the, the internal suffering it's the meeting the, the, the depressions, the anxiety. It's meeting the, it's the holistic person that Jesus is talking about. And I think this is something that I want to encourage you guys. This is something that's so desperately needed. And I think uh, in a lot of ways it can be missing. And I want to speak just for myself. It was really missing in my life. And I had to repent. I had to decide, hey, you know what? I'm not going to just focus on these two things and evangelize. I'm going to look at how can I meet the holistic person's needs. And I want to encourage us this morning. This is Jesus' ministry. This is his full ministry, right? And if you look at the Gospels, you will see Jesus healing consistently throughout the Scriptures. I mean, he spent over a third of his time with the poor and needy and suffering. That's how he spent his time. That's who he was with. And I think for us, it's a call higher, and it's a call forward, and it's a call forward, right? 
to be able to meet those needs. So I just want to encourage you guys with that and challenge you guys to be, hopefully that resonates, to just grab a hold of this, lay hold of this and decide, make a decision. Hey, I'm going to get involved in this aspect of Jesus' ministry if it's missing for you. Because I think it, it, I think as I talk with more and more people and I was even campus minister in San Diego, it was missing. It was missing in our, in our kingdom in a big way. It, it's forgotten. There's a forgotten art of Jesus' ministry that I feel like it's so needed right now. So I'm going to stop harping on that, but I hope that's encouraging to you guys. I think, again, I just want to recommend, this is such an excellent book. It's been so good. I'm on my second time reading through it, Jesus and the Poor by Steve Kennard, and um, yeah, I think it'd be great. So right now, um, we're going to get into the upcoming Singles Corps opportunities and volunteer corps opportunities, and I'm going to stop talking for a little bit and invite Janine up just to be able to share from experience and as she oversees a lot of these cores, what it means to her. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you. My name is Janine Davis. I do work with the Youth Corps, Singles Corps, Volunteer Corps. If you have never heard of Volunteer Corps, it's something new this year. We've had so much interest from families and, and groups wanting to intermingle with each other that we've created Volunteer Corps this year, which is open to everyone. It's open to teens, open to singles, open to families. We've had single parents take their, their kids with them, but we want to facilitate that heart to serve and also just create that diversity along, amongst groups of how we can all work together to obtain good things. Um, so first, I just want to share a little bit of my background. I went on my first singles corps in 2015 to Nepal. Uh, it was the first one there when I decided to go of course, my God was calling me there, and like many of us, I go with that mindset of I'm here to serve, and I want to make someone's life better, and I want to give to them, and uh, made that decision before I went, whatever God wants me to do, I'm going to do, you know, and my objective was I hope I can make somebody's life better by being here. Um, the thing that I was surprised by is how much God gave to me when I was there and how much God worked on my heart while I was there. And uh, just, it was a very different experience, but it was one that was so full. I tell people it's one of the best things I've ever done as a disciple because I was able to see Christ in a whole new way. I was able to see parts of the Old Testament that I couldn't relate to. Like when he talks about idols and worshiping other idols, I was now in a nation where there were literally shrines on every single block that people would come and worship daily. And I understood what that meant when he said, you shall have no other God but me. Um, I also got to experience the depth of the fellowship. There were times when we were renovating classrooms and we literally walked in and had very little supplies. These are very, very poor countries. We were stripping pictures and papers off the walls to, um, reconstruct them and paint them and make them beautiful for the kids, make a really healthy environment. There was a lot of dirt in there that the kids would breathe in every day. We didn't have much. We had a bucket of water and we had our hands and we had some newspaper. That's pretty much it. Um, and it, we got to the point where things were stuck on the wall so bad that we literally just started scraping and scraping and scraping. And it was tough work. You know, it wasn't pretty. Uh, we didn't have the luxuries that we have here in this country, but we were all doing it together and time passed so quickly. We didn't even realize that at one point we just started singing and it, it felt like a joy to be there. Um, 
I uh, am so grateful I got to do this. I encourage everybody to do it, of course. Uh, some of the stories I hear are about disciples that are so impacted by the hearts of the poor. When I got to this country, I saw the poverty all around me, and I felt that compassion. But as I got to know the people, I saw that their hearts were so full and that they just wanted to give. The teachers at our school saw us working day in and day out, and they just wanted to help. So they started making us tea, warm tea at the end of the day. And you'd see these ladies in their fancy, beautiful clothing wanting to help. We literally laid a um, an entire courtyard of octagon bricks, um, 8,000 tiles to create a clean environment for these kids. Just to give a little background in Nepal, they don't have proper sanitation. They don't have proper trash systems. So what they do is when they need to get rid of trash, they take it outside, put it on the ground, and they light it on fire. Whatever doesn't get burned, which is a lot of stuff, ends up being ingrained in the soil. So our, the kids at our school were going and playing in this soil every single day. You can imagine what kind of hygiene problems they would have, what kind of sicknesses and diseases would be caused by that, you know? So we decided we would take up uh, the project of tiling this entire courtyard so that they would have a clean place to play. And I can tell you three years later when I look back and I see pictures of that courtyard, I feel happy, I feel proud, I feel excited for these kids because I know that their quality of life is going to be a lot better. So that's just some of my experience. Um, I've heard amazing stories. One of the trips I'm going to talk to you about after I talked to you about South Africa and Haiti is Kenya. I, I remember one of the disciples that went told me um, that they were playing games with the kids there and they said to the kids, okay, whoever wins the race will get this bag of candy, right? It was all in fun and games. And of course, in America, we would expect a lot of competition, wouldn't we, right? Instead, what the kids did is they lined up in a row and held hands and they all ran together so that everybody could have the candy. You know, and I see that kind of heart, and I see that's the heart that God wants us to have. And I also see that I need that reminder, you know, that God wants me to have that heart and what that looks like, and a child can impact you to such a great extent. Um, so, yes. I did want to talk to you about some of our upcoming opportunities. These are our two singles cores coming up this year. Uh, the first one is in South Africa. In October, we have an early childhood development program that runs there. Um, so basically, there are a lot of children in South Africa that don't get proper education. We have a program where we educate the kids, bring them up to par. Some of them have gone through a lot of abuse. Some of them have um, not, they, their brains haven't developed properly, and they're so far behind that they don't really have a chance to catch up. So we've created a program there that helps them to catch up. It helps them to have the proper education so that they can have a future. Without that, they are destined to a eternity, and not an eternity, to a life of poverty. So this really gives them the opportunity to catch up with all the other kids that are ahead of them, all the kids their age, and to have the opportunity to have work when they get older. We also work with the entire families. So they'll take the parents and educate them on how to parent and how to love and what that looks like and how to deal with problems. So instead of, you know, disciplining your child through 
physical actions will teach them how to talk to them and how to love them, how to give them a hug, you know, how to meet their touch needs, just things like that so that they understand what does it look like to meet my child's needs and how can I do that in a way where they'll feel loved, you know, rather than feel discouraged, you know, where it'll create a positive environment for them to learn rather than a negative one, that negative reinforcement. So it's been very successful. It's been um, recognized by the entire nation, and it's one we're starting to spread it into other parts of Africa in general and hoping that it continues to grow. So that is an amazing program. You'll love it. The next one is Haiti. Haiti has been there a long time. As you know, several years ago, there was that massive earthquake. Uh, we have the Village of Hope in Haiti. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Village of Hope. It's a mix of disciples that live there and orphans, um, kids that either have been abandoned or their parents have disappeared or they've passed away. Um, I, I know that these kids will love you till you can't help but smile, you know? Um, I know that they just really need to be loved, too. It's amazing how far just a, a hug can go or playing a game with them can go or teaching them a craft can go. Uh, if you go to Haiti, you will actually stay in the village with the orphans. You'll be interacting with them every day. You will do some education. You also just get to have fun and play games with them. Um, they love soccer balls. <laughs> That'll go a long way. Uh, but you'll get to see what the reality of living there right now is like for them. You'll get to interact with them for two weeks and uh, live amongst them and understand really what the living conditions are there. So that's another one. The other two, I'm actually going to talk about are Kenya and India. Um, in India, you will be working, it's a volunteer corps. It's working at a school and in a hospital. Once again, there's a school that we've developed to educate orphans. And um, it's kind of cool. The church there actually has taken on the responsibility of caring for these orphans. So they're fully self-supported. Um, they just need basic education. And there's certain things. If you're a teacher, of course, you're going to have these skills. Even if you're not, if you have a heart to love and to serve, we can use you. Especially as singles, you have so much life experience and a lot of uh, just tools in your bags <laughs> that we can use. So never underestimate, even if you're not a teacher, that you can't be used there. You will find a will find a purpose for you. Uh, the second part of that trip is working in a hospital or going to a hospital. There's a hospital there with patients that are terminally ill or have been there very long time, and you'll have the opportunity to visit them and pray with them and minister to them and just to love up on them. That's another one coming up. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is India. Uh, there is a very, very large school there that will be renovating um, everything from putting in basketball courts to bringing school supplies for the students. The school is large. It has everything from kindergarten to high school. There's also a technical school, so if you have technical abilities, we can definitely use you there too. If you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out to me on the flyers that you have. If you look on the back, there's a list of all of the upcoming trips if you have any questions. Our email is also on the front, um, so feel free to email us there if you have any questions or just want to talk through things. I am happy to do so. Thank you.
Awesome. Very cool. I'm just going to uh, continue highlighting just a couple more for you guys um, just to get a taste. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one, but the, the rural Bolivia, uh, the Familia Feliz is a orphanage, and it's in a really, really rural town. Uh, it's our first time kind of going there, and it's, it's like the poorest of the poor. And this, this particular one, we're looking for more men because we're going to be renovating the orphanage, and it's a lot of manual labor. Um, so I talked to Nadine earlier, and she really asked, she asked me if I would make sure to highlight that in this class because I think it's, it's one of those ones that um, there's a great need there, and we're really excited about the sustainable or sustainability of that project continuing on um, past just the two weeks. The Refugee Relief in Malaysia, that's another one. We get a chance to work with refugees, uh, which is, you know, it's kind of a, a huge crisis that's going on around the world, and, and here's an opportunity where we get to be involved you know, with some of these refugees and, and talking with them and, and, and helping them and meet the needs of their children and as well as the orphans that have been orphaned because of the crisis. And then just want to highlight the Daytona one. It's, it's a really cool one. It's actually it was started out here in San Diego, the Urban Surfer Kids. It's in partnership with them. And they take, uh, like, inner city youth and, and foster youth, and they teach them to surf, and they teach them other things. And, and it's just a fun opportunity if you're thinking, hey, I don't have the plane ticket or the money to go all the way you know, out to some rent, you know, some country way out there. Um, but I want to get involved and I want to serve. We have quite a few of these types of opportunities here locally um, that will be a great opportunity for you to continue to meet. I mean, we have poor everywhere. Like, that's the reality, right? And there's people that are hurting and need healing all around the world, not just internationally, but just right here in our backyards. So I want to encourage us with that. Um, I am going to highlight a couple other things. I would be remiss not to, to, to talk about um, not just serving with your time, but also getting involved financially and being able to give back in that way. I'm a fundraiser, so forgive me, but don't you know be mad at me for this. Um, Community of Hope is one of our ways that we are encouraging people to get involved on a monthly basis. It's a way that you can. It's kind of like how many of you guys have Movie Pass? Any of you guys got a few people? Yeah, it's it's blown up. Um, it's what eight dollars a month or around that uh, to be able to go to movies. That's great. Here you go, ten dollars a month, and you're able to to continue to effectuate change around the world like that's just an opportunity just to be giving on a, on a monthly basis and there's different perks that come along with it and opportunities to continue in the dialogue which i just wanted to highlight which is awesome another one uh, i think you've seen some of this out here this is brand new um it literally we launched it here at this conference but the hope store and it's all these products that um that are coming out so new gear and then all, all the proceeds go back to support the Global Mission of Hope Worldwide, which is our fund that backs all of our programs around the world. So if there are a program that, for whatever reason, gets underfunded that year, this fund is what comes in and makes sure it keeps going. And so this is kind of the, the big pot that we make sure everything continues to happen around the world. And uh, so you buy a, a new hat or whatever, you get a chance to, to, to rep Hope, which is a great organization to tell your friends about, but also you're supporting a great mission uh, so I wanted to highlight that. Another one, um, corporate giving. All right, so check this out. Uh, I want to tell a quick story. There's a sister that was up in Canada, works for Apple. She went on a, on a core, all right? She went, I think you go for two weeks, that's 80-plus hours of service. The corporate scene is changing a lot when it comes to volunteerism. They want employees to be involved. They want you, because they see the benefits. I mean, when you give, you're happier you're more energetic, you're more loving, you have a bit, you know, you're a global citizen, you're aware of the needs, they like those types of people, so they're trying to encourage that. So they're actually paying for it. So they're going, hey, you go serve, we'll pay you per hour 
that you serve, and you can, you can select the charity that you want to give to. So we had this sister in Canada. She went on a core, 80-plus hours, submitted it. We got $6,000 from Apple that went back to the core that she went to for that program that she just served on. So that's an opportunity. I, I, I put up a few of them up here. These are a lot of the ones that we currently have partnerships with, but also are doing these volunteer matching hours. I just like to educate people because sometimes people don't know. Just ask. Ask your employer. Say, hey, do you guys do, you guys do matching, get, you know, matching hours for dollars, volunteer hours for dollars, or do you have ways that we could, um, some of them just apply for grants and they'll just get, they have money set aside for philanthropic purposes, and you just have to ask or fill out a form. I'm here. I'll, I'd love to help you with that. It's actually not a difficult process, um, and it's just it's money on the table that you can give to a great cause and make an impact in that way. So that's an awesome one. Here's our contact information. I'm going to leave this up. I do want to come back real quick to two things. One is I was talking with Seth in um, the Turning Point. They're having a great uh, conference, or not conference, it's like a gathering coming up to be involved. It's called Connect. It's on May 4th. It's kind of the Cinco de Mayo, um, so there's going to be taco and salsa dancing, but it's, it's an event to learn more about opportunities locally to be involved, as well as uh, we have some great relationships um, overseas, and I think this will be, you know, an opportunity to, to figure out if you're in that LA area region, it's not too far, you'll be able to, to participate in that. That's up and coming. And then lastly, um, Tomorrow, and I, I'm going to ask a favor. All right, can you guys be a champion for hope? Will you guys? All right. So champion for hope. All right. So check it out. Tomorrow we are actually going to take up a collection at the church service for our ECD program, the Early Childhood Development Program that Janine talked about. We are looking to replicate this program around the world. It's doing amazing. They've been able to secure millions of dollars from the government because they're, they're recognizing, they're seeing this program that we have, that we're doing, and they're going, this is working. It's amazing. We want to continue to support it. So we are starting this fund to be able to replicate these, these programs around the world, and we're taking up a special collection tomorrow for that. It's going to be completely mobile, so you just have to pull out your phone, text to give kind of thing, but can you spread the word? Let people know they're coming ready. It's going to be a great cause. Yeah. All right, so I, I just wanted to share that. And then we're going to just take a Q&A right now. Um, we have, how are we doing time? We got about 20 minutes. So I just wanted to open it up. And thank you guys for listening, but I'd love to hear from you guys. I had one back here first, Najee. That's a great question. I, I, I have an answer, but do you have? Okay. So we do have um, education programs that are happening in a lot of local and international programs. Um, the one that I'm thinking of specifically, and Janine can, can maybe speak to this as well, is we do have an ESL program that has booklets, everything that's printed out that we take and we bring into these, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's faith-based, so it's like all the, the places, people, objects, and stuff to learn English are, you know, church-related and stuff, which is cool, and we're also working on a version that's generic because we can't take that Christian one into, like, the Middle East and stuff like that. But um, basically, yeah, we have, we have material that we're using that teachers can get involved in serving. There's also a certification or a, cert- or a certificate that um, you can get to be certified to go anywhere in the world and teach English, and you can find those on Groupon, actually, for, like, 70 bucks. I for- I'm dropping the name. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the TOEFL. 
Um, so that certificate will actually allow you to be able to go and get involved. You can't just show up. Um, you should be certified. So just, just throwing that out there. But that's, we do have materials, and we're actually, like I mentioned, that that's one of the areas we're looking at continuing to, to grow around the world. We're actually going to be putting a lot of time um, into that program and developing it further. Um, so making it digital, you know, looking for some, some big investments that, to happen so that we can really expand it. But the, the awesome opportunity with this is uh, we have amazing teachers in our fellowship that would love to get involved. And this is one of those opportunities where we're going to pull all those resources together and get a plan for the teachers and stuff around, you know, the kingdom be able to go and have opportunities to be more involved. So I don't know if you had anything. For the volunteer corps, it just depends on which site you go to. For instance, South Africa already has a very established plan and setup for their site. As far as the other sites, it just depends on what they're already doing. We definitely welcome our teachers to build upon what's already there, and we'll connect them with the site leaders so they can discuss that before they go to see how they can help. Some some places just need help with how to manage a classroom you know some places need actual material of what to teach it just depends on the site awesome that's a great question right here okay <laughs> There aren't limitations. The main thing we want is somebody who's ready to serve. So if you have a heart to serve, then you're qualified to go. <laughs> uh, most of the programs run for two weeks. It just depends. Some are 10 days. Some are 14 days. Uh, the one in Haiti is over the Thanksgiving time. So we tried to plan that for singles since it's a common time to be able to have vacation. Uh, you want to apply as soon as possible. I think this year we've already had almost 600 people apply for our programs. We've, we're running 28 programs this year. And the date to apply is dependent on the program. We close them for applications a month before they're done. But if they fill up before that time, then we close them. For instance, our New Zealand trip and our uh, we have a, a youth core to a very popular site. They filled up in five days. Uh, and uh, our Zambia site has closed. It's, we have an agricultural program going there. So we encourage you to apply as soon as possible. Um, if you have any further questions on that, please feel free to ask me. So we're expanding a lot, and we are inviting people that are not disciples to come. We've had quite a few people interested in bringing a friend with them. Um, the program I was just talking about in Zambia, we have two programs running there. We have professionals coming that aren't disciples. They do have a relationship with a disciple from their studies at their university, but they're not disciples. We do disclose to those people that this program is a Christian-run program. We have D groups every night. We have lessons every day, so we make sure they're aware of that. Uh, but they are welcome to come. We also do background checks and things like that to make sure they're safe, because your safety is always our priority. So, yes. Great question. 
Awesome. Yeah, in back. Kenya. I'll have to check on that. I think it's general. Yeah, awesome. And then right. Oh, you had two questions. Sorry. The second one? Okay, awesome. Finances. No, it's a great question for the, the youth corps or the um, volunteer, corps. volunteer corps. Yeah, she handles all that, so I'm just going <laughs> to I feel, I feel so popular right now. Uh, so when you apply, there's a deposit you have to pay. It's $300, $300 deposit. Most of the trips cost a total of around 1100 to $1,300. You don't have to make your final payment or your final amount until the month before your trip. So you have that time to save or to fundraise or however you would like to do it. But we don't, we don't require payments. We just need the full amount paid by the trip. Your deposit also goes towards that amount. And just to let you know, that amount covers everything from the time you arrive at the airport until the time you leave. So. No, until you arrive at the airport, until the time you leave. So you are responsible for your own flights, but it does cover all your accommodations, all your meals, all your transportation, any kind of trips that you may do. The only thing you would need while you're there is funds if you want to buy souvenirs or if you want to buy your own snacks or something like that. No, those you'd be responsible for those, yeah. I think I saw a hand over here. She answered it. Awesome. Back here. I'm sorry. Can you? Age 30. Age limits. Okay, so the question is around age limits and are there any restrictions and everything like that. I think for yeah, that's that's me too. She's <laughs> all the admin stuff. I'm just okay. gonna. We don't have an age limit. The only one that has an age limit is Haiti, because it is a very rural site. It's a more difficult site. We don't want to bring anyone that's under 18. Uh, but all the other sites are open. Most of the single scores are for singles only. We might make an exception here or there. But any of the other sites, you can bring your kids with you, yes. If they are under the age of 15, then they're required to do their own application. If, Excuse me, if they're over the age of 15, they're <laughs> Yes, your three-year-old has to do an application. No, just kidding. Uh, so if they're... Uh, over the age of 15, 15 or older, they have to do their own application, but they're welcome to come. Yes. Yes, it's per participant. So you're, because a child would still need all the accommodations and meals and all of that. They're, they're, they're still responsible for a participation fee. Yes. Yes, so before our program starts, about a month or two before, we do send out a welcome letter and packing list and wish list from the site of materials that would be helpful for their site. So, yes. 
Yeah, so the question is around talking for employees. Um, so if you approach your employer, you can ask, there's two types of, or yeah, there's two different ways that you can get involved. Sometimes they do employee giving plans where it's just you can you could take a, a pay sal like a cut off your of your salary that goes directly to a charity and they'll match it, um, which is really great. Or you can ask do they do they match volunteer hours for dollars? And so you can ask them, hey, like do you guys have a program where I could submit for a charity that I volunteer with that and you guys will pay out you know to that charity or that cost. And, and in that case, what happens, the process gets started. They usually have a form that, or it's an online process, and there's a little bit of work on the front end. And for you guys, it comes to me at, at Hope. I fill out stuff on our end. They kind of verify that we're a legit organization. They go through all that. The money's not going to terrorists and all, you know, you know, all those different things that we do on the back end. And then they'll, they'll grant the money, and then we designate it for wherever the, the employee wants it to go. So I think that's, that's a great question. Vaccinations required. I think it, it kind of depends on. We, so we, we don't get recommendations for vaccinations. If there's one that's mandatory for a company, which is pretty rare, I think right now the only comp, the only country with a mandatory vaccination is Bolivia. Uh, we will let the participants know that, but the rest of them are usually optional. And that's up to the participant if they want those vaccinations or not. We don't require a TB test. That's a simple answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Question back here. Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Uh, the question was around you know donated items from schools and trying to get it. They're, they're willing to donate it, but not always sure about how giving. They don't want to pay for the shipping. Um, so the a short answer to your question is, we'll definitely work with it. We we do accept in kind donations to be able to use for our programs. Um, sometimes that's not the need at all the sites, so we have to figure out first if there's a need for it. And then once we verify that, we can work out the details for figuring out how to get it there. There are other organizations that we partner with that do stuff, like people donate a vehicle. We have an organization that, that handles all of that, um, stuff like that. So when it comes to books and supplies for you know our teaching programs and stuff like that, we, we definitely have a way to, to work it through. Just come talk to me afterwards if we can. That, I'm trying to keep the, the answer short. But, yeah, there is a way to, to be able to utilize that. We don't want to turn away you know, anything like that. Do you mean if you're already there and wanting to participate yeah. for part of the program? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to answer a couple questions within that. So sometimes when people go to a volunteer corps, they want to stay before or after to travel or to visit, and we are completely fine with you doing that. The only precaution we have is that during those extra days that you're there that you're not covered by Hope Worldwide. Uh, we do provide travel insurance on all of our trips to every participant, but of course if you were outside of the noted days, it wouldn't apply to that. If you're wanting to come for a shorter period of time, we do that on a case-by-case -case basis because it depends on the site. The Philippines is one of those sites you could do that. If you wanted to participate, though, we would still want you to uh, apply because um, we, we're accountable for each person that's there. Um, you could do it for a shorter time, and usually the sites are willing to lower the cost for that, but there's not a set price. We'd have to talk to the site leaders and, and see what their budget is for that. Does that answer that question? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. Feel free to talk to me after, too. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I'll speak to this in a second. We, we had a, a campus student that just was in Bolivia for three months, and she, she did part of the core there with HOPE and then volunteered with some of the HOPE programs kind of sporadically throughout her time in Bolivia. And um, some of the you know, stipulations, like if you're on your own, there's some of these times where it's travel insurance, all that kind of stuff like that is on you. But there's always there's opportunities to get involved. Not everywhere, though, because some of these are clinics or hospitals, and they can't just accept anybody in to help. Um, so it depends on the type of work. Uh, we always appreciate, you know, a, a conversation to get involved, to be able to connect you with the program directors on the ground out there so that it's, you're not just showing up, hey, here am I, you know, and they're like, who are you, right? So there's that, those conversations that need to happen. Um, but there's definitely opportunities. Uh, we do work in some of these really rural areas that aren't generally usually accessible, you know, like they're not, you just kind of stumble in there, you have to know where you're going, you know what I mean? So I think that's part of it too. So I would just encourage you to, to, to continue to talk, you know, and if you're trying to plan a trip where you want to serve for part of it and you want to travel a little bit, um, just to have a good conversation, you know, with figure out where the program's at, connect with the director there, figure out, hey, this is the time. You know, just to be able to set all of that up in advance, I think would be really appreciated. I think it's definitely a possibility, though. No, it's a great question. Yeah. So did you guys all hear that question? All right, so the question was, all right, so these are two-week two week trips, so how are they sustainable, basically, is the question. And uh, I'll let Janine answer shortly. I'm thinking that's my ability. So most of these places already have a program running, and we come and join whatever they already have established. Each site, of course, is different, but like in South Africa, they run their education program year-round. They take our extra help, and it's a great benefit to them, but the program doesn't end when we leave. Um, same with Nepal. They have a school that ministers to a whole group of students that runs year-round, but we come and we help with renovations and education and whatever needs are there at the time, but that program continues after we leave. Yep. Yeah, and I just wanted to add to that. I think um, 
you know, this, th these programs are ongoing, but it's a huge help when these scores come. They have a, a, just a, a list of needs that just keeps growing throughout the year. And when our, we come through with a group of people that are ready to serve, we like knock out half of that or more. And they're so grateful. And it makes such a year-long impact, you know, until the next time we come through. And it does just a number on our hearts as well. And I think um, when we get people there to see the needs, to see the kids, to see the, you know, adults that we're helping serve, um, it just opens up more opportunities even for funding to go to, towards these programs so that these, you know, we can continue to expand it. So there's a lot of benefits to just a short amount of time, but it's a fair question, right? Because there's a lot of voluntourism, like, hey, we're just going to go vacation in this spot and then kind of serve a little bit and leave, and it's kind of when helping hurts, right? You're not really helping them in these needs. That's not what, that's not what these cores are about. These are sustainable programs that we're, we're going, and it, it really is something that um, makes a huge difference, and it continues on long after the, the two weeks. So, Can I share something? Sure. Okay. I, I just wanted to share, too, that every project that we're doing, we are focused on long-term sustainability. That's really important to us. We're not just going in and saying, hey, we're going to do this, and then we leave, right? Uh, I, one example I wanted to give of that is our project going on in the Philippines. Um, two, I think two years ago for the first time, we went there to a community that had been devastated by one of the natural disasters. Um, they desperately needed new homes. They had been wiped out. And instead of us just going in and saying, we're going to just build homes according to the way that we know how to build homes, we went there first and interacted with the community. We connected with the leaders of that community to find out what their needs were and what they wanted, what kind of houses would be suitable for them, which were very different than American homes. Um, and we also, once the program started, the entire community participated in it with them. So they had their own sense of ownership of what they were building and created bonds with the participants, with the disciples there. So there's a lot of success in that. We've gone back two years in a, a road to continue those projects. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of touching on this idea that, you know, as a charity and as a professional organization in, in the world, we're, we're learning. And we're continuing to, to evolve to meet the needs. I mean, we, we don't just come in and say, this is what we're going to do for you, right? We're, we're, we're talking, like Janine said, we're talking with the community. We're asking questions. We're doing a full needs assessment, you know, not just based on what we want to do or what we think they need, but going, hey, what's really the need? And then we're going to help meet that need and figure out how to make it sustainable. So I think that's something that I, I just, I can't, we can't emphasize enough. You know, it seems like, oh, this is just a fun program. No, this is so much more than that. And I think I just want to encourage you guys with that. This is something that we're, we're putting our best minds to. And look, we're even looking at, okay, how are we going to measure and evaluate all these impacts so that we can get funding from the government, we can get the country involved. We have situations where these programs where the country is right, especially in South Africa and some of these places, the country goes, we love you guys, Bolivia, we love you guys. We're going to support the work you're doing. And we're getting funding from them. We're getting, you know, the whole country is behind it. So that's this is just something to, to keep in mind as you're thinking about these programs. It's a lot bigger than just a two-week trip. Yeah. Any other questions? Right here. So that particular site, um, we are doing some serious manual labor. So that's why I emphasize we were looking for some more men. There's going to be some, I mean, it's in a hot area. It's, it's, what's that? 
Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be. I mean, you're in basically in you know one of the worst spots in in Bolivia that that need a lot of help, and we're gonna be renovating an orphanage. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be dirty. It's it's yeah. So so keep working on you know the bicep curls and all that stuff. We need. <laughs> no, you look great. You're you're doing great. Uh, but we need we need more men. You know, it is. I, I mean, I'm I'm emphasizing it because. It, you know, there are situations where, you know, the women with the children and all our stuff is, is the need. And there's other ones where it's like, dude, we're going to be lifting huge logs of wood and, and putting, you know, cement down and doing all these different things that it, it's extreme, you know. So um, not to say that women can't do that. My wife's super strong. She's always about any kind of thing. So I'm just saying, you know, it's that's just wanted to highlight that. I'd say also if you have any construction, of course, that's going to be really helpful. Uh, even engineering, if you know how the land works, that's super helpful. I also just wanted to encourage the men, just so you know, the ratio of men to women, that volunteer is one to three. So we need our men to be involved. Please. Let's go. Yes. Come on. I'm going to uh, the uh, ECD one in October, so that'll be fun. This year, yeah. And so can you use a project or any concerns when you're maybe the staff who's preparing the project or some of you maybe from that community hire That's a great question. I've actually been fielding some of those questions at the table as well. Um, in short answer, a lot of these, like we said, they're sustainable. They're going to be going ongoing. We're adding to these. Some of them, um, it depends. Like some of them, we we the need's not there or whatever, and we, sh- we shift around. But for the most part, these date ranges and these locations will be pretty consistent moving forward. So if you're thinking to plan out for 2019 or something like that, you can put it on the calendar. Most likely than not, it's going to be happening. Great. So if I may, just so the question was, okay, I'm I have some skill sets and I want to know where would I be best used or utilized in these different sites. I think it's a great question. I appreciate the heart behind it too. I think um, the best thing to do, other than just reading through the sites, is to ha- to start talking with the directors. Talk to Janine. Say, hey, this is what I feel like I can bring to the table. Where should I go? They hear my send me 
attitude is, is great because we're able to go, hey, you know what? You would be great fitted for this, this one happening in June. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the kind of heart. And we do have people that do that all the time. They go, hey, I'm, I'm a, you know, a, a medical doctor or whatever. Like what, where can I go help? I'm a teacher. Where can I help? I'm a, you know, and, and that's great. So we got to wrap up, guys. Um, it's lunchtime. So thank you guys so much for your time. Thanks for being here. Round of applause to all of you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.